Hello from St Port Street. I'm James Stewart and Rycast this week is all about policing in Rye. In front of me, the police station. A little bit unloved, definitely seen better days. It's also not open today, but still fairly busy around the back with police cars and also vehicles belonging to the RNLI, which is perhaps a sign of things to come. I'm here to meet the area commander for Rother and Hastings, Chief Inspector Jay Mendes Gunasekera, and I'm armed with loads of questions from Rye News readers, including... Yeah, motorbikes. Loud motorbikes. It's got about 65 officers and staff on its team across a huge chunk of East Sussex. So how does he balance his priorities? Let's go and find out. Chief Inspector, thanks for your time today. We're in Rye Police Station. Got loads of questions from Rye News readers, plus people I've talked to whilst making the podcast. Broadly, they come into kind of three things. There's the future of Rye Police Station, where we are today, fighting crime and antisocial behaviour, but also the reputation of the police and women's safety. So let's take the first of those. We're in Rye Police Station. Does it have a future? I think it's an area that we need to review constantly with our estates and facilities department. The station is utilised, you know, my staff use it. It's a base for the RNLI at the moment, they're using it. And, you know, we've kind of scoped a multi-agency approach for other services to use it as well. During times of high demand, you know, when Canberra's really busy, during Op Radcott, the station's used quite a lot. And then if there's anything running in Rye, any events, it's utilised quite a lot. I think the point probably that people make is that it's not open 24 hours a day. It's only staffed on a Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday from 10 till 2. And that really is down to footfall. Uh, The ways that police kind of take reports now, you know, we have a lot of online reporting, phone calls, methods where you can just report through the digital system. So... We've got to look at the demand coming in through the front door. So we do have it open, and if that demand changes, it's constantly being reviewed, then we can open it more or or close it more, you know, depending on if there's demand from the public, really. It is a slightly unloved building from the outside, and inside you've got all the things that, in the past, the town would have needed. There are cells downstairs, sleeping quarters upstairs. We're sitting behind the main front bench, It almost speaks to a time of the past, doesn't it? This isn't a designated police station, so the cell block's not in use. Like you say, you know, it would need to be refurbed, health and safety. It would all need to be compliant, really, to be used as a cell block. And the reality is demand is not there to have this station being used for that purpose. Uh, But again, the front office is fully functional. The office is equipped with computers for our staff. And the doors are open between them opening times for people to come in and report. So there is still that level of engagement available to the public. The Police and Crime Commissioner talks about selling off assets. Realistically, this is going to change, isn't it? Rye Police Station in this building, something's going to happen over the next few years. Something will develop. You'll be working with the fire station, working with the RNLI, coming up with something different, won't you? It's always a possibility. You know, it's, it's constantly under review. And those questions need to be asked and discussed with you know with our partners how we utilize the station to the best value I, I couldn't say whether it will be or it won't be but i think it's always a potential for for some changes in the future how will you engage local people about that 
It's really for us to make sure that we engage with the community, you know, through our local councils, through our community leaders, to make sure that we do hear the voices of the public because everything the police do really should get that kind of engagement with our public. And I'm sure if there were to be any changes that the community would not be happy with or would want to voice in, there would be, you know, some meetings around that and some discussions on what that would look like really in the future. You're based in Hastings, you cover a big area. Do you come over here much? So I do try and get out quite a bit, you know, um, and, and I do have my staff come to Rye. I think the biggest concern with the smaller towns, you know, outside of Hastings and Bexhill is that they probably don't see enough police officers. So in the last six months, we've had around 500 patrols out here. The patrols are around 30 minutes long each had around 10,500 positive engagements with members of the public. So what's really good for me is that I can look on our systems what my teams are doing in relation to patrol activity and I do try and make sure that they patrol in each area because everyone should have the ability to see the police and engage with the police. It may not be as high as it used to be just because of demand and the way we manage you know, demand now and we're very mobile these days. So... The, the days of police are out on foot all the time are kind of a bit distant because we have to travel vast areas of the county, really. Does visibility do you any good? It does in certain areas. have got a problem, for me, is really managing the demand. So I've looked at the stats for Rye for the last three months and we've had eight reports of antisocial behaviour, three reports of criminal damage and two reports of theft. So if that demand were to grow, then... I would manage that by increasing the amount of officers in those areas. And that visibility always helps with engaging with the public. We really need members of the public, members of the community to support the police, especially around intelligence, understanding what the problems are with antisocial behaviour. And those areas can only be developed if we know what's going on, but we need a public to help us do that. Well, let's move on to talk about crime and antisocial behaviour. There's a lot of discussion in the town about motorbikes, for example, and speeding motorists, because that was one of the, the major areas of concern that people were emailing us about. So, Up Downs Way is really in place to stop DSI, you know, death and serious injury. Motorbike speeding, it's one of the issues that is not just local to write i think it's a national problem really and when i've engaged with other areas in our communities the one thing i always say is you need to tell us about it so a lot of the complaints will be about really noisy motorbikes late at night in certain areas and i've been to a number of meetings where we weren't aware of that at all and then when we become aware i can put resources in to manage that we can put our road policing team into that to look at them take their bikes we can seize them if they're not compliant and then we work with community speed watch who are volunteers that really support trying to reduce those speeding offenses people always say why the police so visible when it comes to speeding you know why do we stand right out in the road why do we advertise that actually we've got a speed stop there because it's about educating people and we don't want to cause danger to the public by surprising them you know if they're speeding because that could cause people to break hard and cause accidents it's interesting you say that about V-Checks, because one of the emails that we got was asking about why you are so visible. For example, I know that if you drive down the new Winchelsea Road, past the houses, there's pretty well almost guaranteed to be a copper there with his radar gun, and you can see people have adapted their behaviour. So the whole point is to be visible, is it? 
if we were to do a speed check that wasn't visible, we might catch a number of people speeding. If we're highly visible, then the likelihood is people will know that the police might be there. And actually that has a much bigger effect and a larger effect on people traveling on that route. So we may catch less people speeding, but if we can reduce people speeding on a larger scale, we keep more people safe. Speeding is dangerous. You know, it's one of those areas that causes serious injury. And the onus is on the members of the public that drive vehicles to actually comply with the law and drive safely. Antisocial behaviour is not just for the police to manage. It's a multi-agency approach. We need to work together with the councils, with our local communities, with social services. Sometimes these problems aren't purely for the police to manage. If we have ASB that's around noise pollution, you know, we could use other agencies to manage that. And what we found is that's been really effective. So it's about us all coming together and working together to make our communities a better place and a safer place to live. It's interesting you talk about other agencies. In this town, Rother, the council, has got a deal with an enforcement company when it comes to dealing with you know, litter, dog mess, fly tipping. They're kind of replacing your job, aren't they? Like I say, the issues around our communities are not just for the police. So we can only encourage our partner agencies to do their bit and we will work together to do that. And it's about, you want to have a cleaner ride, don't you? You want to have a safer ride. And whatever way we can do that, working together, we will. The Home Secretary's talked about the police attending every crime, so every victim of crime getting a visit from the police. Is that something you're committed to? So the police won't attend every crime. It's just not something that we could manage. But the Home Secretary says you will. You know, I think that's an aspiration that we'd like to attend every crime, but certain crimes do not need attendance. So I think one of the questions potentially is around burglaries. Dwelling burglaries, you've had someone in your property, we will attend all dwelling burglaries. But there will be cases where we won't attend. Say, for example, um, outhouses being broken into, nothing's been stolen, there is no potential of identifying a suspect, there'll be no witnesses in the area, there's no CCTV, no forensic opportunities. We wouldn't attend that. We will assess every incident on its merits in relation to do we need to attend, is our victim vulnerable, do they need support, do we have potential lines of inquiry to actually catch the offenders. Um, so e every incident will be looked at and assessed, and if attendance is needed, we will attend. We mentioned antisocial behaviour, and particularly Tilling Green, at the town meeting a few weeks ago. It was quite heated. People wanted to see something happen. You're saying it's a multi-agency approach. What do you say to people in Tilling Green? You know, we have officers that manage the Tilling Green area, and we've worked you know, quite extensively around that area. And it is not just for the police to be reacting to incidents. We want to kind of be proactive and get the engagement at community to find out what the root cause of the problems are. And if we can do that, we can hopefully solve those problems. People want to be safe, don't they? They want to be able to live in their community and feel safe, be able to walk out the door, have antisocial behaviour and not have problems with other residents. And that's what we're trying to get to. So we do have problem-solving files to try and manage that. We have officers that engage with those communities, engage with any of the perpetrators as well as the victims because actually we need to find out what the problem is to try and resolve that. Lots of concerns about drug dealing and drugs in town. 
What are you doing to tackle that? I've looked at the data around drug cleaning. We haven't had any reports. And if you have a walk around Rye, we don't see the issues around county lines. In other areas of the country and quite close, we will see county lines drug dealing. We will see open street dealing. We will see drugs, harm and violence linked to organised crime, the distribution of crack and heroin. And we don't see that in Rye. And I also don't get the reports of that in Rye. If there are underlying drug problems in Rye, they need to be reported to us. We have licensing officers that will manage the nighttime economy, will visit licensed premises. And if we do have any kind of issues around that, they will manage that. Rye is a really safe place to be, to be honest. So it's either not happening or people aren't telling you about it? To be a reasonable person, there is probably activity throughout the country, throughout the world. There is drugs activity. Is you know, It's kind of a given. What I would say is that we're not hearing about it. And a lot of time, if there's no harm coming from that activity, people don't tend to report it. So if I go back to June last year, we had a series of incidents in the Rye area. We had around 60 incidents of criminal damage, violence. And within three weeks, all those involved were arrested. They've all been charged. They're all in prison. And I made sure that we put the right officers, the right teams, in to manage that. And for me, that was really effectively managed. And we also had support from the community there. That's what we need if we have those uh, rising tide issues. Do you have enough officers? I'd always like to have more officers, to be honest. We do have enough officers to meet the demand. Like I say, the demand has changed. Uh, You know, we've got a lot of online crime. Uh, I think around 50% of our crimes are fraud and online scams. So... The digital world is creating a lot of crime that obviously has specialist teams managing that. So we're not just about being out on patrol dealing with antisocial behaviour and so on. There's a multitude of crimes that require specialist units and specialist assistance. Let's move on to talk about trust in the police. You must be so frustrated by all the news stories about what's happening in the Met. The reality is, for me, I feel that we have to root out any kind of issues in the police uh, and that is for us to do uh, it, it's for us to restore the trust and confidence of policing um, and these stories they've come to light about officers and staff that have acted in ways that should not be in policing at all so for my teams uh, and me as the district commander i encourage anyone within the police or outside the police if they see bad behavior or things that they don't think are right it should be reported. We have a professional standards department. We obviously have the IOPC that will investigate police officers and staff uh, in relation to misconduct. And I really want to have a diverse police force with staff that are confident to report issues where I think in the past, sometimes nationally, and probably not just nationally, probably worldwide, People have not felt confident to report misogyny, sexism, homophobia, racism. Got a younger police force coming through. Uh, I think society has changed. And these events, you know, they've really upset me, some of the events that have happened over the last few years. But I think that has given people the insight into how we cannot live in a society that allows this hidden kind of discrimination to, to prosper. How's it made you feel? I'm married 
I've got a son, I was born in Sri Lanka, and I'm visibly an ethnic minority. So when we talk about racism and sexism and that, for me, morally, it's totally wrong. And I would be really disappointed if any of my staff acted in that way. So I encourage my staff, really, if they see that, to challenge it. You know, we we need to root out this behaviour and stop it because it's just not acceptable. So on a day-to-day basis, what's happening? There are many conversations. Um, I I chair the Race Equality Network for Sussex Police. We have a number of networks that uh, look at different areas of diversity. There are continuous conversations. What I would say is really positive is that I don't need to challenge it because it's not happening. It's not happening in my area because the officers and staff I work with are really exceptional and if it did happen there are report mechanisms and what's really good is in policing that you can report stuff anonymously rather than just having to speak to someone outright and it's the same with when we talk about the public engaging with the police if you've got information around crime in your area or people committing crime you can report it through crime stoppers you know you can report it through the police and your details will be kept secure and it's the same internally. I think most businesses worldwide, you know, have, have taken a stance that we have a zero tolerance approach to this kind of behaviour. We'd be mad to think that bad behaviour stopped at the M25. There's nothing happening elsewhere in the country. I'm confident I've got really good officers and teams. But as we know, you can have bad apples in any organisation. And... Sometimes they don't come to light until we have an incident or someone reports that. And this is what we've seen historically, that people have hidden that kind of behaviour or that trait. But I would like to think, you know, I'm really confident my teams are really good around that. They work really hard to support the public and support their teams and they're really respectful on a day-to-day basis. Talk about respect, and it's interesting because I was involved in a car smash a few weeks ago on the A28. Your officers were really, really good. They were kind, efficient. They knew what they were doing. They were helpful. They were really professional. Now, that happened during the day. I'm a big bloke. If it had happened at night and I'd been a woman, it would have been a completely different thing, wouldn't it? No, I I don't think so. I think the way that officers approach men or women, they have to be aware that Obviously, lone females having a service from the police responding to instance potentially be a little bit more worried about what's happened in the policing world. So that level of service that you've got, you know, I'd expect from officers 24-7, really. And it's really nice to hear that you had a good level of service and they replied, but that is the expectation on policing. I would be really disappointed if you told me anything else. Even with stop searching people, I expect my officers to be wholly professional and polite to people whatever they've done because that is the standards we should be meeting we talked about the way things are changing earlier on you've lost a lot of older experienced officers as the churn has happened within the police force do you regret that loss of experience because i know people joke about policemen looking younger they are younger aren't they we've got a whole new generation of police coming through and luckily that experience does get passed on but for me the real takeaway is about passing on good experience I don't want bad habits to be passed on. I want this generation of policing, the officers that are working now, to formulate their own ethics and ideas around what their standards are. And I'm sure anyone who's got you know, younger kids, they will know that sometimes the older generation, younger generation have totally different views, but we should meet in the middle and 
find the best way to develop the most positive outcomes there. Thanks for taking the questions from Ryan News. Just a couple of things about you. What do you love about the job? I love being able to look after my community. I always wanted to become a barrister or I wanted to join the military or, or, or join some services. My family are all in the services and um, it's something that I've always wanted to do is just really look after people. And what I love is that I actually can make a difference to people's lives. I've been in the job 22 years now and one of the most significant incidents for me is I found a, an eight-year-old boy that was being physically abused. He was taken to hospital, his father arrested, but he just hugged my leg. He was only little and he hugged my leg and I was nearly crying. And, and kind of that was probably five years into my service and that kind of really brought it home to me that actually I'm making a difference. There's a lot of bad things going on in the world. And if I can be there and I can make sure my teams are there to look after the public and make a difference, then I can be happier. So I'm really invested in keeping most vulnerable people protected really in our communities. That's really tough stuff, isn't it? It can be, it can be, but I think all the time you you know you're doing some good. It's good karma to know that actually you're helping people. So it's a really fulfilling job, to be honest. And what do you like about this area? What is there not to like about right? It's a beautiful place, you know. If you've got dogs and you want to take them for a walk, you've got a lovely beach at Canberra, and the people are really nice. When you go to other parts of the world and you drive into Rye, you just think it's a lovely, picturesque, beautiful, clean part of the country. The air's clean, the people are nice, the, the buildings are just lovely. It's just a nice place to be. What's your final message to people who are listening to this, reading this in Rye News? What do you need from people in Rye to help you do your job? So, for me, it's really to say that if you've got a problem or you identify that there are issues and that's around anti-social behaviour, about drug dealing, about criminality within your areas, you know, please get in contact with us. Go through Crime Stoppers, you know. You don't even need to phone 101 and disclose details. You can do it through Crime Stoppers because for me to manage the problems, I need to have that understanding and information to build up a picture and I promise that I will do something about that. In other areas of East Sussex that I've managed crime, been really effective, and we will do our best to catch these criminals. Many thanks to Jay, and if you want to get in touch with Sussex Police or Chief Inspector Mendes Gunasekera, and it's not urgent, call Crime Stoppers 0800 555 one. Obviously, if it's urgent, it's 999. Rye Police Station is open 10 till 2, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. I'll put a link on the website so you can see about the local crime stats for Rye. That's rycast.org. Rycast is back in a couple of weeks. It's Rycast Sussex on social media. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.